nice, nice recording about uh, music concert hall venues that smell like piss and vomit, and now we've lost it forever. We could talk about it again, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I bring it back. No, it won't be natural at this point, Mark. No, that's true. That's true. We don't, yeah. we don't, we don't want to force it. We can only bring that up so many times. Yeah, exactly. Uh, before everybody starts gagging. But all right. Well, in that case, uh, we'll let that be our preamble and say welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance, our 72nd episode, the 1st of December 2017. So been a while since i've uh, i've hosted one. Oh yeah i gotta say who we are uh my name's tim i'm gonna be hosting this episode and uh with us we've got our usual crew of misfits uh we've got christy mm-hmm. hello and mark how's it going guys i thought i was gonna be the one who was like kind of out of it and stuff like that but <laughs> because we're recording at an unusual time well no just because i have kind of like a i think i took too many edibles last night and i kind of got like a weird <laughs> weed hangover going on but like <laughs> Thankfully, you're, you're supposed to get hangovers from weed. That's like one of the, one of those things that like potheads just love to say is like, oh, you never get hangovers from well, weed. It's not like a hangover and like it's painful. It's just that I still feel a little spacey. I think I took yeah. too much. That's what the problem is. But. <laughs> Thank you for making me not be the only one who's a little bit like not all there this morning. Or this no, I'm yeah. I'm totally spaced. Yesterday was um my family Christmas and that was really fun. But then I had to go right from there to a videography gig that I was at until mm. 1230. So I'm just kind of like, uh, and then I went to improv and this morning and it's, it's just been, a, it's, it's the holidays supposed to be a time of relaxation. No, yeah, they, they, don't don't, exist. No, they never are. That doesn't happen. Yeah. I was, it's, yeah, it's been a pretty busy couple of weeks for, for us and me as well. Work, work travel. And then Thanksgiving last weekend. And then the thing that happened after Thanksgiving, which will be my geek of the week. And, oh, <laughs> But yeah, all right. Well, let's get into the news. It has been, uh, it's been over a week since we recorded last. So there's been a couple big things and then a bunch of sort of little stuff trickling out. That's what she said. Uh, so <laughs> gross, actually. <laughs> the first really big one um, that I think everybody here is pretty pumped for is that we got the first full trailer for Avengers Infinity War. Oh, God, my erection still hasn't gone down. I should probably go talk to a doctor. <laughs> Yeah, after, if, if your erection has not subsided in four days, you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just should, won't go uh, away. You should see Doctor Strange. Yeah, you should be calling yeah, a doctor about that. Yeah, <laughs> I should probably get that checked, right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think everybody here generally enjoyed it very much. Uh, it looks looks pretty pretty fucking epic. I'm not super crazy about the Thanos design. Yeah, but it's like pre-getting a helmet yeah. and all this other stuff. I don't know why you would show him without the gear on. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, it's like casual Friday Thanos. Yeah, it was like just <laughs> hanging out. Casual Friday. He paid paid $2 so he could wear his jeans at work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I also I saw a couple posts that were like showing how he's how his design has kind of changed between like the little teasers and like end tags that we've seen yeah. for some of the other movies, the post-credit scenes. And then this one, and some of those older designs, I think look like more badass. like his face, his features are a little more like exaggerated and wider and a little more menacing. Yeah. And here it looks like very much like, Oh, let's just paste Josh Brolin's face onto that model and see how it looks kind of thing. Yeah. But we'll see how it goes. But I mean, besides that, that was the only thing I had any, any issue with. Besides that, it looks, uh, looks pretty fucking awesome. And like, it'll be uh, pretty serious in tone, which is good. I mean, except for the guardian showing up at the end. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to have to have uh, 
Korg's going to show up too, right? Like, there's going to be jokes in this movie, like one way or the other, because like <laughs> it's a Marvel. First of all, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it, so like, can he get through? I don't know. Lines he, of dialogue? He looked pretty serious. I mean, if there is, if he does have a lot of jokes, I feel like they'll be like, you know, dark, sarcastic kind of yeah, black humor yeah, kind yeah. of shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see. That's what I want from him, anyway. Yeah. So there's not not a whole huge amount of uh, point in speculating on what the actual movie is going to be, but but the trailer came out and it. I guess it broke like a record for the like most views on a trailer of all time, like something like 280 million views or something like that on YouTube. Yeah. In the first 24 hours or something like that. Yeah. I, that was the record it broke. It was like the most views in the first day wow. or something. And it was yeah. like a ton of views. Yeah. Well, I mean like the whole world's like now super invested in this like saga kind of, I guess quasi coming to a conclusion at this point. Like, yeah, like a lot of people have seen a lot of these movies and it's, like kind of wrapping everything up and everybody's in it and all that stuff. So yes. And we're starting to see, yeah. And in the trailer, you see Thanos like with the gauntlet and he has a couple of the infinity stones, but obviously does not all. And we still don't know where the soul stone is and everybody's saying it's gotta be in Wakanda. It's gotta be Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah, It's gotta be in Black Panther. So, but yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more about that as we get closer to it and more trailers or at least and that sort of thing. But there was other Marvel news and stuff as well. This one goes back to the comics, which is a weird story about the new editor-in-chief, uh, C.B. Cebulski. Yeah. Mark's already hanging his head on this one. C.B. Cebulski, who's the new editor-in-chief at Marvel, apparently, um, like 15 years ago or something like that, or 10 years ago, wrote some comics under a pseudonym, but it was a Japanese pseudonym. It was Akira Yoshida or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and so now people are like crying cultural appropriation all over it and shit like that. And it's just a weird story that didn't need to happen. Well, part of it is people are saying like that he may have taken advantage or like, you know, taken the place of somebody that was actually a person of color kind of thing that could have been writing stories for Marvel instead of him. And mm. yeah, it, it only, he only did it for about a year from the look of things, but I don't know. I, I think it was just, he wanted to try his hand at writing and he was known as an editor and but he yeah. didn't want to have his name associated with writing. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Have he, has he commented at all? I haven't seen anything about him commenting about it yet. So Let's see. Sobolski says he ultimately came clean about the entire charade to Marvel earlier this year, stating his plan was to use Yoshida's name for pitches to other companies like Dark Horse, where he wrote Conan and Dreamwave, where he wrote Darkstalkers. So, I mean, I guess he's talked about it a little bit, but yeah, it's just a just a strange story. Uh, he's, he's pretty kind of known as like a um what would you big, call that like a weeaboo yeah i guess is that japanese that uh yeah big like white person that is really into japanese culture and stuff like yeah that. yeah like, it's Asian almost culture. like saying like you're an anglophile but like a japanophile i guess mm. kind of thing he's he's been noted as that like he was in china for years like he went over there and was like marvel's brand ambassador for a number of years too over yeah. there so like i know he's kind of notoriously been like that guy for a long time but i guess this is a little weird kind of I can see why people are upset, but it was like 10 years ago. And if he's owning it, then whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's like a fireable offense sort of thing, but it's definitely no. something that was was a shitty thing to do. Yeah. It sounds like just, I don't know. That's so sketchy. It's yeah, it's just stupid, right? Like, it's why just, would you do yeah. that? Why, why? Yeah. But back into the, the movie side of Marvel, there's more news this week. This is just seems to be like the will they won't they of entertainment right now there's more news saying that disney is back and talks to buy fox but that's uh, just it just seems to be going back and forth and of course all they, the place. they always talk about that yeah why well, we have but now they are they i mean they still yeah. have an idea they're actually in talks now so like that's yeah something else entirely which is 
because before it was like they had had talks and they kind of fallen apart but now it's like no they're at the table like trying to sort this out which is yeah i mean i'm all for it i know a lot of people are like oh my god disney owns everything like do we really need them to own all that stuff too and i'm like I mean, they've been doing pretty good shit so far and and leaving creative control with the people that really know what they're doing for the most part it seems yeah I don't, you don't hear too many stories about like the disney executive getting involved like yeah. interfering with like what marvel's doing or what lucasfilm's doing or anything like that so yeah i'm fine with it it means the x-men come home like at this point good like if it ties that loose end up, then that's fine with me. And then yeah, we can worry about media fucking conglomerations and stuff like that at some later date. If you know, Western society survives the next four years anyway. So yeah. yeah. But while, while we're talking about studio meddling, this was one that I'd, I'd actually forgotten about, but uh, apparently Kevin Sujihara, the, the Warner brothers CEO is now out at warner brothers so he's the guy that a lot of a lot of people lay a lot of blame at his feet for fucking with the dceu movies huh. yeah so that could be good for for that uh ex- extended universe yeah exactly like it would be nice to have those movies where there's not somebody yeah where the creative control is actually yeah is actually in the hands of the you know creative team the people making the movie yeah, yeah. rather than the money and it just means you can finally have jeff johns kind of like run stuff properly like the way he's like was talked about like him taking over that Kevin Feige role kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. And I love that. Like I, I love his writing. I feel like his writing would generally transfer pretty well into like a cinematic style. So I think that that would be, that would be a smart move for uh, DC to make as much as I don't want to see Jeff Johns. Well, he's not even writing anything. I don't think right now, but yeah, I was going to say, is he even writing anything at DC? Anymore? Well, no, he did. Uh, he's, he's writing doomsday clock. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, is he writing that? Yeah, the okay. first episode of which came out last uh, last week. I'm yeah. pretty sure about that. I should fact check that, I guess. Doomsday Clock, Jeff Johns. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. the first uh, issue of that came out a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was it was pretty interesting, and I'm hooked. I'm hooked on it. They've definitely captured that, like, Watchmen sort of storytelling style. Anyways, back to Disney owning everything. Yeah. In, in the Star Wars uh, world, Daisy Ridley is saying that she doesn't want to play Rey anymore after episode nine. Really? Yeah. I, mean, I kind of get it. I mean, there's probably, if you've got, you know, a character you've played like three or four times, you start to get kind of tired of the repetition and want to move on to other things. Well, especially for a relatively new actress, right? Like she doesn't want to end up being like that Star Mark Wars. Hamill yeah. kind of person. Yeah. Where like, that's all she can do from then on. I mean, Mark Hamill did do a lot of other stuff, but he never really had any really big cinematic roles. Yeah. Well, I mean, Carrie Fisher is probably the closer analog. Yeah. She never really, she didn't do a lot. She wrote and stuff like that and was very well known and like people loved mm-hmm. her, but like she never acted in like a lead capacity very much after the Star Wars movies. Yeah. Like, she showed up as like, Tom Hanks's wife in the Burbs is the only one for some reason I can oh, remember yeah. right now. Yeah, that's a great. Movie. Yeah, but like that kind of stuff. I guess she was a she's a pretty um, active script doctor for a long time. Like she's a really mm-hmm. prolific writer. But well, given the horror like, stories that wise. she told about, like all the shit she had to go through on the Star Wars sets, I'm not that surprised that she wanted to get out of it. You know, where they're saying like you need to lose like 30 pounds or whatever and all that horse shit to so you can look better in this bikini, this metal bikini we're gonna shoehorn you yeah. into. You can also only imagine Daisy Ridley is probably going through something, maybe not like to that extent, but like it's probably a very similar kind of idea. To yeah, you, regardless, right? Like, yeah, uh, I mean, she said. She basically said she didn't know what she was signing on to. Let's see. Did she resent it? No, not necessarily. It was just, let's see. Said she's really excited to do the third thing. I guess that means episode nine and round it out. But she thinks that after that, after episode nine, will just feel like the right time for her to leave. But 
I mean, as far as I know, like the episode, I don't even know if she's actually seen the episode nine script at this point because I don't know if the I don't think it's episode nine script is done yet. So yeah, but we'll see. Well, I don't know. I like I sort of get it. I I I think that it's good that she already went and did um, Murder on the Orient Express and Mm -hmm. she's still opening up her options and all that jazz. But I also like you hear things like Chris Hemsworth just being exhausted of doing Thor, and so they had to do something radical to change and keep him there. Yeah. So like, yeah. It well, I mean, yeah. Ray's have gonna out of all the characters in the new trilogy, I feel like Ray's character arc is going to be the most like transformative kind of thing. Like she's gonna have the most interesting stuff to do, kind of thing. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, uh, I mean, I'm I'm happy for them to keep just fucking making Star Wars movies ad infinitum. But if they do end up wanting to take like a break from the numbered episodes, like sort of that Skywalker saga. And just yeah. focus more on the anthology movies for like five years or something like that. I'm good with that. Yeah. Because yeah. there's so much other cool stuff that they can do just in those anthology stories without having to be like, okay, where's another Skywalker that we can shoehorn into this? Well, that's assuming she is a Skywalker too. Well, we don't know yeah. what that story is. I mean, yeah. Or somebody more with a connection not, to but... a Skywalker or whatever. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, I mean, we've, we've always got uh, Kylo who's got the Skywalker blood in him. That's true. So. Yeah. Let's see. What else did I have? This is from the absolutely fucking not surprising in the least department. Stranger Things got renewed for a third season officially. Yay! But I wish they'd go for a different group of people. <laughs> you want it to be an anthology? Yes. Yeah. It should have been. Yeah, I think it. I think there's room for that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would be pissed now having had them introduce the Mind Flayer if they didn't get a chance to like actually tackle it, kind of thing. But I feel like at this point, if they're going to do three seasons of this, then maybe the Russo brothers like have to or not Russo brothers. I can't remember their names. No, the Russo brothers are the yeah, Marvel, Marvel guys. Ones. I can't remember the names of the, but it's another pair of brothers. Uh, they pair of brothers. Pair of brothers yeah. that did Stranger Things. Maybe they just need to, you know, the say, Duffer okay, brothers? that's it. For Duffer, Duffer. Duffer. Yeah. You say, okay, that's enough of Stranger Things here. We're going to do something else like maybe set in the same time period, but with a you know different story, different set of characters or something. Follow different numbers. Hmm. I think that's what season three is going to be. I think season three is kind of looks like it's going to be focused more on like the other like experiment kids kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. Cause that episode went so well. Well, that's what I mean. But that, ep- that episode felt like a setup for a season to me. It was like, Oh, this is like a yeah. kind of backdoor pilot for like what we're going to do next year is like go and discover the rest yeah. of these kids so that they can fight the mind flare, which I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> not like my yeah. my idea of a good idea but okay hopefully with all the flack that that episode got they'll uh tweak because i mean it's not like they're working off of something written written in stone here like they're yeah. they're making this up as they go along it's not the source say, material yeah yeah either that i could just tie in david harper playing hellboy and like bring <laughs> bring hellboy in to fucking fight the mind flayer i'd be <laughs> crossover hellboy yeah, crossover. crossover sure why not <laughs> weird fucking mashup shit Another fun thing that I'm excited for got renewed. Uh, Mystery Science Theater got a second season, or the the new version of Mystery Science Theater got a second season. I haven't watched that um, yet. Have you watched any of Mystery Science Theater, Christy? No. I feel like you'd enjoy it because it's like a beautiful blend of like improv. Well, I mean, somewhat improv. I mean, it is sort of written beforehand. It's quasi scripted, yeah. Yeah, it's quasi scripted, and then uh, and like just shitty B movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. Into that. I've only watched a couple like episodes of it because they're very long. Like they're movies, right? So it's like, yeah, each one's like 90 minutes. Yeah. So it takes a little while to get through. And yeah. you have to be in a, I have to be in a very specific mood to sit there and watch that too. Like I yeah. can't just binge it. So yeah, I've, I've watched a couple of them. They're fun. I like the new ones. So 
Yeah, I I've just finished the la- uh, the the most recent season of like the new version a couple weeks ago or something like that, and I generally enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean I, I like the old ones as well. I, I'm finding with the new ones that I get like ninety ninety five percent of the jokes, whereas the old ones like some of the references were pretty dated, so I would yeah. get maybe like seventy seventy five percent of them kind of thing. So yeah. I feel like this one is geared much more towards like Mark and my generation, and probably yeah. Christy yeah. get the majority of it as well. Well, it's also it's being written by those like the guys who are writing it are also like one of them's from the Nerdist and stuff like that. So it's yeah. that group of people who are yeah around our age making the same kind of jokes that we make. So yeah, all right. Let's. There's a whole bunch of little tiny pieces of well, maybe not tiny of pieces of DC news. The first one was that TNT Titan series. We got a first look at the Robin character from that series so comic accurate i was it is it's super, super like tim drakey even though yeah. it's dick Gra- it's supposed to be dick grayson i think is it dick okay there's something i'm gonna know about have you seen this i can i can link it to you in the zencaster chat yes, here please. but yeah so the guy, character or the actor playing oh. robin is uh brenton waits but the sort of roster on this team makes me think that they're going back to like the mid 80s Titans team. So that's what makes me think it's going to be Dick Grayson. But it's going to have like Raven and Starfire and Beast Boy. Okay. Which feels very much like that Marv Wolfman. They're not touching Cyborg? Doesn't look like it because I guess he's already covered in the uh, uh, in the yeah. movies. Yeah. In the DCEU. And I'm not sure if I haven't been following this really closely. I'm not sure if it is supposed to be part of the dceu or not yeah is it dceu or is it fleroverse like, or, is, or is it standalone because it's a separate network like this one is oh apparently this was i thought this was going to be on tnt but it looks like now it's going to be on their their streaming service that doesn't bode well no well i mean like hulu's got runaways it's really good and like that's the Netflix true marvel shows are awesome. yeah, runaways been solid i'm caught up on that yeah, now and it's yeah. i haven't yeah. watched it yet i haven't watched any of it i think you'd like it Christy. yeah i heard yeah. that i would out of all the Marvel shows, I think that are out right now, I feel like Runaways. Well, all the non-Netflix ones, I feel like Runaways probably up your alley. Yeah, see, I, I think I, Runaways I, and uh, Cloak and Dagger or will Legion. Be, uh, well, Legion, I, I don't think you would like that one too much. I didn't, I didn't care for it overly. But My mark. I think Cloak and Dagger. Well, Legion was a lot more Vertigo-y, though. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot more sort of weird, weird, dark. Uh, you know, sort Talking of out of my ass. fucked up narrative kind of shit. But anyways, but yeah, that. If that's the tone they're going for with that show, then I'm I'm looking forward to it because it looks you know it's it looks very different from the Flareoverse kind of stuff where in the early days like they were all just wearing like sweatsuits and shit like that or <laughs> you know like not really actual superhero costumes. Well, I mean like Arrow especially it was more like kind of combat gear and like whatever kind of shit yeah. you would wear as an archer. I guess I don't really know anything about that. So yeah, it wasn't really till they introduced Flash where they got into like. This is a guy in a suit. Real costume. Yeah. Yeah. Costume heroes kind of thing. In stuff that is in no way, shape, or form comic accurate, we had a trailer for Batman Ninja. What? The (laughs) the, the new Batman animated movies. It's basically an anime style Batman that where like it's looks to be like feudal era Japan, like samurai Batman kind of thing. With robots though. Yeah, with robots and I don't fucking know what the hell's going on here. It looks insane. Yeah, it looks totally nuts. I'm curious, though. Like, they, it piqued my interest because I watched the trailer. and I was like, I have no fucking idea what this is supposed to be about. Like, it doesn't really tell you. Is like, is he time displaced? Is he just 
like random Japanese Batman. Like, are they going to address that at all? Yeah, yeah. Are they going to even address it? Because like halfway through, it's like they show us a shot of like him with like Robin Nightwing and Batgirl, I think, or something like that, are all standing around, and I'm like, holy shit! Like the whole team's there. Like they show half the villain. There's a Red Hood. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really weird fucking looking Joker and Two Face and like all that kind of stuff floating around. I was like, holy shit! This is just total insanity so yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see how it turns out but like it looks just fucking cuckoo bananas yeah the trailer's <laughs> fucking crazy so yeah all right more dc news back to the dceu margot robbie is apparently now saying that she's working on her own solo harley quinn movie yeah okay <laughs> too many man There's like she's gonna many. be in like like nine movies yeah suicide squad 2 possibly gotham sirens although that has been sort of wishy-washy in terms of whether yeah. that's actually happening possibly a harley and joker movie and then now a fourth like harley quinn solo movie i mean to be fair the the character's never been more popular so if there is a time yeah to do a harley quinn solo movie it's now and if there's an actress to do it with it's fucking margot robbie because she knocked that character out of the park yeah, yeah. i i agree i just like i'm that's a lot of one character, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's yeah. like that. It's approaching, uh, like Wolverine publicity, you know what I mean? Where it's just like yeah. he's just in every book and like he's all over the place. <laughs> I'm okay with yeah, that, just though. cram him into everything. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna skip this more bullshit about Henry Cavill's mustache drama. <laughs> but Andrew Kreisberg, the showrunner from Flash and Supergirl, is now like fully fired. Yeah. Wait, say that again. Uh, Andrew Kreisberg, who is the showrunner for The Flash and for Supergirl. Oh. Um, he was suspended over like sexual harassment allegations. Now he's been completely fired based on those allegations. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, good. I mean, to be fair, he was showrunning a show that's about feminine empowerment and all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. So, like, having well, I mean, somebody both, both shows have really great female characters on them. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. Supergirl specifically is yeah. like. This is like a powerful woman doing powerful woman things, and like to have a sexual harasser as their showrunner just sends a weird fucking message to the world, I guess. So yeah, um, it looks like Greg Berlanti, who's the other sort of major showrunner in the yeah. Flareoverse stuff, is going to take over some responsibilities there, which is uh, good. As long as it's not Guggenheim moving over, I'm totally fine. <laughs> Let's see what else do I have. That was all the DC stuff, but in terms of departing showrunners. It sounds like Brian Fuller and Michael Green are leaving American Gods over yeah. budget disputes with stars. I heard about this. Fuller just can't keep a show, like can't stay on a show, eh? Like he really like. Um, well, I mean, choosing to leave because the network won't give him the money that he wants to do the second season. Basically, it sounds like, or the, yeah. I mean, the budget that he wants, not you know his own salary or whatever. But yeah, it says the per episode budget for season two was at ten million dollars, and the production company was balking at that so were they spending like 10 million dollars per episode in the first season anyway like i feel like it i mean i don't know i i i don't you keep up on that stuff more than i do i mean cast cast alone would be yeah probably pretty expensive like that's a for that heavy hitter like a heavy hitter cast yeah and that's a massive amount of post-production on that show too yeah Um, so and i feel i feel like weirdly like i feel bad for fuller i guess because he keeps like having getting shuffled around on shows and stuff like that like Hannibal got canceled on him and then like didn't pan out him working on Star Trek. And now he's kind of, yeah. I mean, the shitty thing too, is like if he's having trouble getting American gods made with stars who also stars also made Hannibal. Right. So that bodes pretty fucking poorly for no, stars. Was, was it showtime? Stars was NBC or wait, Hannibal. Out. Hannibal was NBC. Yeah. Sorry. Not yeah. Stars, stars was NBC. Hannibal. Hannibal was NBC. Like said, okay. Hannibal's okay. on NBC. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I don't know if stars like maybe, and NBC are. I don't know if stars and NBC are like related affiliated. the way like FX yeah. and like Fox are kind of thing. Like I, it maybe they are. I'm not sure, but yeah. Well, in that case, maybe it does bode well for possible, possibly Hannibal. Brian Fuller returning to Hannibal. Yeah. Um, because that was basically everybody. Oh wait, stars and NBC go. Yeah, apparently stars and NBC are affiliated. Are yeah, same same parent company. That's not good. No. So that's what is that? Is that NBC Universal still? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to keep track these days. I can't. Yeah, I know. And then Disney's going to buy it all and it's going to be completely like you're not going to know anyway. So, yeah. But I think that was that's pretty much everything I had. The only other thing that is is only really works if you can see it is uh, did you guys see the Super Nintendo Chalmers? I did. No. Awesome. (laughs) I'll post that one, Christy. So much Uh, this week, apparently. (laughs) So, uh, apparently, you guys remember like the. The Ralph Wiggums like calling Superintendent Chalmers on the Simpsons Super Nintendo Chalmers. <laughs> yep. So somebody actually painted Superintendent Chalmers onto a Super Nintendo. That's awesome. <laughs> so now there is an actual Super Nintendo Chalmers. That's pretty funny. <laughs> and it looks pretty pretty awesome too. I kind of want it actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I saw it today while I was flipping around. So really, it's, it's some Slovenian artist. Oh, Slovenian, oh. yeah. <laughs> but that was everything that i had seen this week that i thought was newsworthy Did you get you guys have anything at all to add um newsworthy no apparently i've been i'm sorry apparently i'm pretty out of it <laughs> um <laughs> i did not know anything except the american gods was uh no longer mm-hmm. brian fuller which bummed me out but i mean i'd rather walk away from my vision than have to compromise a million times <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think that one is like 100% confirmed. It's just one of those like reports say kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, in that case, let us move on to our Geek of the Week. Geek of the Week. Uh, so we just heard from myself and Christy doing the sting there. So let's go back to Mark. What was the geekiest thing you did this week, Mark? There's been a, kind of a couple things going on. So like I have, it's the Horseshoe Tavern 70th anniversary this year in toronto which is a kind of a historic venue in toronto even though it is the the piss smelling thing that we were talking about at the top of the episode <laughs> preamble was very there much, <laughs> was very much because i spent two nights at the horseshoe and was wondering if it was me who smelled like that or if it was the bar and it's definitely the bar so like the next couple of weeks is just like show after show after show of kind of elite canadian bands are playing small club shows for whatever and the tea party's doing a five night stand so i've done i'm doing three overall of the five nights i'm going, you going back tonight. tonight yeah i'm going tonight nice it's greatest hits night tonight. It's gonna be fun. So and then uh, so next week is uh, the Rio Statics are playing, and the week after the Constantines are playing at the Horseshoe. So it's been quite the run of like cool little shows <laughs> happening at the Horseshoe, and like it's been kind of fun just like being in that place, even though it smells like fucking stale piss <laughs> and beer and whatever. Yeah, but you can't you can't deny it's it's an iconic Toronto venue. Yeah, it's like right up there. It's like right up there with like Lee's Palace and the Alma Combo and stuff like that is like yeah. venues that I've been to a million times. And it's like the fact that it's been around since the 40s is kind of like a uh, kind of a crazy thing considering how quick like real estate and shit turns over in the GTA. And like the fact yeah. that like a bar has been able to keep up and like stay there and still get decent bands to come in and play and stuff like that in a, a market where that it's kind like of shit like doesn't prime, really exist. Prime location that's now like surrounded by high end stores and shit like that. It is it is really weird because it's like the corner of Spadina and Queen Street West. Like it's literally in like the heart of the entertainment district. Like it's yeah. right in the the intersection of two of the biggest streets in Toronto. And like 
yep just there always fucking there the horseshoe's just always been there and i guess i guess hopefully always will be there yeah. it would be nice if they take the piss smell out of it a little bit but, you know. <laughs> i think i think that's permanent at this point i think it might take the character away from the building <laughs> a little bit actually but yeah still yeah like that the, like that old checkerboard floor is still there the whole bit so it was it's been it's been kind of fun like going in there and like i don't know the super low ceiling and all that kind of shit yeah like, it's just the tiniest little club it's so weird to go yeah. in there it has um, shitty fucking sound shitty acoustics and the sound is terrible every night. Like Jeff Martin's just freaking out. Like he's trying to get his acoustic guitar to not sound like it's overtaking the entire mix. And he's like, can yeah. you turn that down? Turn it down. Turn it down. Oh, wait, no, wait too far. Turn it up a little bit. I can't even hear it anymore. <laughs> yeah. They had a, there's a whole thing like halfway through us at the beginning of a song they were playing on Friday night where like uh, the bass player slash multi-instrumentalist was like trying to play mandolin. And for some reason, the crew just couldn't figure out why it wouldn't work, why it wasn't working. So that he was just sitting there, Jeff, Jeff just strumming the opening chords over and over again while they figured out why <laughs> the mandolin's not working. And they're all kind of laughing about it. But at the same time, you could see like Stuart getting like upset at the fact that he didn't have a good crew figuring out why his shit wasn't working. It was, it was pretty entertaining. But yeah, though, the shows have been really good. It was right at the end of Friday night. I actually saw uh, the drummer from the Tea Party come out from behind his drum kit and like threatened to beat the shit out of a guy who was like ramming into people and stuff because it's just that oh, tiny nice. kind of club. Yeah, like he came right out and was like, "You don't stop, but I'm coming out there and fucking I'm gonna beat the <laughs> shit out of you." And I was like, "Nice." So, yeah, it's been fun. Like it's it's I like going to those like dingy little club shows, and it's cool seeing a band like that that like the last like ten years, especially like I've only seen in like theater kind of like more nicer upscale kind of accommodations i guess and like mm-hmm. seeing them in like the dingiest shittiest dive club in the city is kind of has been a lot of fun so nice other than that i did get a fucking uh snes classic yeah you did but <laughs> i'm a little torn on how i feel about that so far although i've already beaten super mario world on it so i guess i'm enjoying it th- that much that's pretty impressive oh the days when you could finish a game in like an afternoon that one takes a little bit more than an afternoon, but yeah, you could probably do it in a day if you really wanted to like concentrate on it. So yeah. nice. All right, Christy, what was the geekiest thing you did this oh, week? Sorry. Oh my goodness. <laughs> We're losing Christy fast here. Not not sleep apparently is the geekiest yeah. thing Christy did this week. No God. No, I actually maybe the geekiest thing was the dream I had last night. I'll explain that in a minute. You guys will probably giggle, but um, <laughs> no geekiest thing I did. Probably yesterday, we were out trying to find a present for my Nana, because it was her birthday, and it was family Christmas, and I had wanted to get her Parks and Recreation, because um, she and Granddad are always looking for new shows to watch, and that one's so feel-good and fun, and it's my favorite, so I was like, I'm going to find this, but I forgot I wanted it, and um, we were up <laughs> we were up just by a Best Buy, and I was like, hey, Mark, can we just go into Best Buy and see if they have Parks and Rec? I, I You know, I... Just thought maybe we we just you know on the rare chance, and we found this copy in an area where it wasn't supposed to be, and I was like, oh, how much do you think it is? Because it was the entire series, um, box set, mm. and he was like, um, I don't know, hun. I mean, it's probably pretty expensive. And I looked online, and it was one hundred and thirty five dollars, and I was like, oh, God damn it! So we're about to leave, and then Mark goes, whoa, 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 and I was like, what? And he goes, I found another copy. And I said, oh okay well we can't even get this one i was just gonna put it back and he goes no 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 it's on sale for 35 dollars and i was like what in the middle of the store and i just started like geeking i was like nana's gonna love 
love Leslie Nope. And like <laughs> in the middle of Best Buy, screaming. And someone walked by me and I was just like, you don't understand. This show's so great. You should get a copy, but we have the last two, so go somewhere else. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think I just I geeked a little hard about. And then when we gave them the present, I was like, okay, Nana, so here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Okay, you're gonna, you're gonna, you gotta watch the show, you're gonna love it. And Nana was just like, okay, dear. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. You're gonna love the show. You need to watch it. And she was like, well, you, you bought us the box set. So thanks, sweetie. And I was like, you, you gotta go home. And you gotta watch it. And you gotta tell me what you think. And she was like, okay, I'm gonna open the present. <laughs> like, I was, I was <laughs> geeking a little too hard about Parks and Rec. But um, then, what was that? I'll tell you briefly this dream I had and why it would seem kind of geeky. Last night, my YouTube, I guess, decided that it was a necessity for me to watch Miss Mojo's Top 10 TV Kisses. And I was like, uh, okay, YouTube, thanks. Um, it was one of those things where it like goes to the next video. And I was pooping and I couldn't reach my phone. So um, I just let it play. <laughs> And Niles and Daphne was one of the previews. And then last night I had a dream that I was engaged to David Hyde Pierce, but I knew he was gay <laughs> and he knew, but was like, but I don't know how I'm tired of being lonely. And I just, I think maybe we should just be together so we can stop being lonely. And I was like, well, I don't know. And we were in this community and everyone thought I was like using him because he was famous. And I was like, no, this isn't. Uh. And he was like, but I'm Niles from Frasier. Everybody loves Niles from Frasier. And I was like, I do no, love Niles from Frasier. Not really. <laughs> so it was just a very strange experience. And that's my geekiest thing. I have dreams about Niles Crane from Frasier. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not sure if that's geeky or just creepy. Geeky creepy. We'll move right along. <laughs> yeah. Geepy. Greepy? No, that's something entirely different. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my Geek of the Week was uh, last weekend after Thanksgiving, uh, Alicia and I had our annual Middle Earth movie marathon replete with lots of drinking and yelling at the TV and lots of food and shenanigans and fun and shockingly no bonus episode where tim yelled at me to do a podcast in the middle of it either which was no, surprising but. alicia alicia was was getting angry at me like i was well i tried to facetime market at one point or, or like uh, you facebook the you facetime face, the facebook, group actually okay. yeah uh and alicia like slapped my phone out of my hand because i shouldn't yeah. she's like no this is an important part you shouldn't be talking to people i don't even remember what part it was it was like some point in two towers i think uh so yeah and then at that point i was like yeah maybe it's not yeah, the best they, idea too but we did live stream the whole thing you can go back and check our face or our uh facebook switch. page i post the yeah alicia uh, streamed the whole thing on switch which uh, i'm not sure i'm i'm okay with that being on the internet forever but <laughs> it was uh i only caught bits and pieces this year i'm like last year where i kind of sat there for like most of the night because i was in and out but the uh you guys looked like you were having a good time, at least mm -hmm. when I did check in. So, yeah, absolutely, we had uh, we had like and her and to be fair, Alicia chasing you around to get your phone away from you or whatever was going on when like you did try and call us, I guess, was pretty fucking hysterical. Like I got a good chuckle <laughs> out of that. So, 
but yeah, we had uh, this is the first year we've broken. Well, third year I think that we've done all of the Hobbit movies and then all of the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, and so but we broke him, broke it up into two days. So we did the Hobbit movies on Friday. And then we did the Lord of the Rings movies on Saturday and we had a few people like just stayed over. But uh, yeah, I actually I stayed awake for more of it than I usually do. I somehow managed to drink like twice what any, anybody else did. Like everybody else is being like, oh, I've had like nine or ten drinks over the course of these three movies. And I'm like, why am I on 19? <laughs> um, I think that's because you have a drinking problem. It's <laughs> actually why. I don't know what you're talking about. He said we well, could talk about that right now. Giant prancing pony uh, mug. Uh, yeah, what the hot which, fuck are you drinking? Yeah, uh, okay. Well, this is this is actually leftover from the party. So I made like one drink for the party, and I just made a bunch of it. And it's a uh, Gaffer Gamgee's Garden Punch. It's got some brandy in it, some apricot liqueur, some bitters, some soda water. I can't even remember all the stuff I put in this, but pretty tasty. It's not super boozy though, because uh, I didn't want people like getting shit hammered drunk because it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> So did did you end up you didn't end up in the hospital at all with alcohol poisoning last weekend? Mm-hmm. I was a little worried about you for a couple minutes no, there. I, like I was listening to listening to the live stream before I went to bed and you were just you were fucking rambling about I had no idea what you were talking about. It almost <laughs> sounded like you were talking in tongues for a minute and I was like <laughs> I'm concerned he's going to the hospital tonight. No, I didn't I, I didn't even, I didn't get sick or anything. Like I didn't feel great on Sunday, but uh I, I actually was less hungover than I thought I would be. I had 12 drinks during the hobbit movies and then i think i stopped drinking like partway through return of the king and had i i was at like 16 drinks or something like that that day yeah and like i said everybody else was at like 10 or 11 max or something like that so i think i just need to take smaller sips next time <laughs> i say i say that every year i look forward to it being transplanted to the great white north it will so. be if not if not next year year after it'll be it'll be pretty soon it will be Somewhere in the GTA, so uh, it'll be interesting having it with a different group of people. But yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of good times, a lot of booze. All right, well, with that, let us move on to our <gasps> meat of the episode. Poisonous, rotting meat. Sad meat. <laughs> Sad alone in your basement, meat. flapping it by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this week we sort of picked a topic that we think is a big issue uh, amongst nerds, geeks and of every stripe, and that is toxic fandom, which seems to be just sort of getting worse and worse and worse uh, the last couple of years or so, probably in large part because geek culture is becoming just more and more prevalent. You know, at one point it was like a subculture, now it's almost like the main culture or a main culture for sure. But then there's for you know every great thing there's also a shitty side to it that's what we're going to talk about today is the shitty things that go on in fandom whether it's discrimination or just really out of control rivalries or fucking like death threats all that shitty stuff we're going to just just purge all that today and then and then we're probably going to solve it all by the end of the episode. So you'll have yeah, to wait. Yeah, absolutely. You have to wait till the end of the episode. Yeah, we're going to solve toxicity. <laughs> yeah. So um, basically, what I'd ask the guys to do is uh, everybody to just sort of pick one or two particular instances or sort of scenarios of toxic fandom and give a little backstory on them. And then we can just sort of 
discuss them and our, our opinions on them and, and our experiences with them. So uh, any volunteers who wants to go first? Well, how about I start with the broad one that had a lot of um, people talking a few years ago? Sure. Which was the Gamer Gate. Oh, yes. We've talked a bit about this before online, but I think that in this episode's instance, it's a really... Like, we were going to talk about the um, example with Rick and Morty, how Rick and Morty has developed this fan base of diehard fans, but who aren't fans for the right reasons that the creators wanted them to be. Mm-hmm. They don't actually get the subtle subtlety and brilliance that is Rick and Morty because they're just laughing at the the dick jokes and the obnoxiousness of And Rick of being Morty. a terrible person. and Yeah. yeah. Gives them an excuse to feel like they can do shitty things like jump on the counter at a McDonald's when there's no Szechuan sauce because they thought it was just going to be, you know, the company didn't expect the response that they got, you know. But if you're looking at a widespread issue of toxicity, I'd say gaming is a really good place to look to find really broad examples of that because it's not even just about sexism, even though that's a huge, huge part of it. Gaming culture is also a culture of like courage and anonymity. Yeah, and that in YouTube comments. That in YouTube, <laughs> but the anonymity of it is what makes it so toxic because people don't have the same kind of, or they don't perceive that they have the same kind of barriers, and they they don't have the same risk factor when they're anonymous. Yeah, they're they're basically like without filter kind of thing. Yeah, because they they know they don't think there's any consequences to their actions, which, to be fair, in many cases, there unfortunately aren't. And you combine that with a sense of competition, which a lot of games have, especially on online platforms, and you're just brewing for disaster. Mm-hmm. Especially if you throw women into the mix too, and that that toxicity is what really it's such a bummer because I think that the world of video games is just going to keep expanding and becoming something pretty amazing. And I even read some articles recently that were like, you know, you shouldn't diss video games and say that they're a lesser form of culture intake compared to like books or films, because it's a still an immersive story. And the whole point of relaxation and trying to find an outlet is to find something you can get lost in. And video games offer that kind of, escapism but um when it comes to toxicity it does limit how much you can feel safe in that community and so it still has this really negative affiliation in a lot of a lot of ways yeah well so. uh so f- if any of our listeners are not familiar with the gamergate in particular can you give us a little bit of backstory on on it yeah, it's been a few years, but from my understanding, what happened was there was a, there were a number of women who, by their either by their own volition or by doxing, were kind of outed as writers and developers within the gaming community. Mm. And I say by you know some like I think it's Anita Sarkeesian was that her name? Yeah, sounds yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know her last name is right. She was threatened because of a series of YouTube videos she put out talking about the the misportrayals of women in the gaming industry and how that can have a really negative impact on feminism and how, you know, women are perceived in the real world and these expectations that are just being forced upon, upon the characters. And she received death threats and bomb threats 
Felicia Day was pulled into it when she made a comment about Gamergate and how she was feeling that all of these these men who were banding together because they didn't want women to infiltrate their what they would call like the last remaining area where men were allowed to be men, you know, like gaming, the, the gaming industry is so predominantly male Mm -hmm. that it gave a lot of, I guess, underlings the feeling of superiority still, because, you know, it was, they could swing their fucking dicks around and yeah. Video games were for guys. Girls didn't game. Like why would girls game? Cause you know, any girl that does game is fake. They're not a real yeah, fake or lesbian or, you know, if God forbid you kill a guy in Call of Duty. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's my experience with like toxic or with like this sort of culture is like early, like early online games, like stuff like Day of Defeat and, and uh, Counter-Strike and shit like that, where like you'd have like 12 year old shit talking your mother and shit like that or like, you know, threatening yeah. to rape your whole family because you stabbed them in the back or like and if heaven forbid if a fucking girl did log on and actually like got on mic like all the guys would just be all fucking over yeah so it's just and gamergate was all these guys coming together and they decided that they were going to release all this information about women in the industry to embarrass them to force them to either resign or get fired mm-hmm. and really just to show that they were the dominant sex in the industry because when you're fighting for you know you only fight for that kind of dominance when you feel threatened yeah and i think that um there was another woman who made a game that was based around depression and she was doxxed and like i said felicia day was doxxed and it was just just a ton of women were targeted and one woman was so targeted they didn't reveal her name but she had they found her home address and letters were sent to her and she like received a box with a number of packages with like some really disgusting imagery or um like rotting animal carcasses and things like that at her door and she ended up having to move because she was genuinely scared that she was going to be attacked and there's no real source as to where Gamergate began. It just kind of caught on really quickly as things on the internet do. Probably 4chan. And I'm guessing 4chan. Probably 4chan. I've never actually been on 4chan. I don't think I ever will. Yeah. But no, it is... a good place to be. It is, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it makes Reddit look like a upstanding, yeah. like... At least Reddit has some fucking community standards. Yeah, yeah. 4chan is... So, a, so yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, and gaming, and, and I, I hope that it's gotten, it's getting better. It's going to be a long process because it's, like I said, it's it's tied to that anonymity, you know? Yeah. I mean, are there, I mean, I guess most of this happens sort of outside of like actual like in-game kind of stuff, but surely there's like, I, I said, I don't play like a lot of multiplayer games and stuff like that I anymore, but like surely there are places where you can like report harassment and stuff on like Xbox live or like P- PlayStation network or that kind of thing. Now, like if, if you a can. player is like, you know, telling you shitty things or something like that, or some sort of monitoring because it is such, you know, a, a, a huge industry now, but that's the thing is that it's a huge industry. Yeah. So you cannot be monitored all the time. No, but if you report somebody, then yeah. you know, they, they start keeping a, eye on that person or whatever and i don't know but the problem is i think that a lot of people don't feel validated in their support in the support systems they don't feel like they yeah. 
it's harassment is a weird thing because it's been oh no did you break your um, necklace i broke my necklace i just noticed um, the fraser scripts behind you on the shelf there were you reading those yeah. before you had the, the dream about uh <laughs> about david high i don't want to talk about the hot the hot dog dream again <laughs> but no oh what a bummer we'll have to fix that later uh no i would say um I think it's the same kind of idea that, like, when you're harassed... Okay, here's an example. So last night I was filming for my friend's salsa evening. They had a five-year anniversary party, so I was there filming everybody dancing. And this one man, I was up on stage, and this one older man comes over to me, and he grabs my arm, and he goes, you want to dance? And I said, oh, no, thanks, I'm actually just here to film. And he goes, no, 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 you're going to dance. And he pulls me off the stage as I'm saying no. And, like, brings me over makes me put my camera down takes my camera off my head and puts it on a on a table and goes you're going to dance with me and i was like fine it's just easier to let this guy i'll dance for two minutes and so i'm i'm dancing and he is like commenting about uh how i'm i'm good at it which it's actually he doesn't know i took six i took six months of lessons like four (laughs) years ago but and he just kept going on and i was like well the only mistake i made was wearing a sweater tonight because i was wearing this big sweater because i it was i was at my family christmas before and he goes actually the only mistake you made was wearing a was wearing a shirt at all oh and i was like god damn it everywhere i go so i just like looked at him i was like you're a disgusting dirty old man are you and he was like, well, thank you. And I looked and was like, that wasn't really a compliment. And then the song ended and I was like, thanks for the dance. And like, kicked him in the junk off. and ran away for him. But when I went and told somebody about it, they were like, yeah, that just happens here sometimes. Ugh. And I was like, okay, this is in a similar sense. This is similar to the harassment you get online. It's become so regulated that what do you consider harassment? And it's not even about... I mean, you can you can record everything and you can send it all to moderators and they will do something. But it's the actual process of making yourself do it. Mm-hmm. That's hard because you don't want to be ostracized from the community as a whole. So there's this fear that comes from, you know, is that guy going to spread to all of his buddies and everybody that you're the one who got him kicked off of Xbox Live? And are you going to get doxxed? Yeah. So it's a hard position to find yourself in and not just as a woman as anybody, because the problem is with gaming in particular, because of that competitive atmosphere, people are always so hyped up to be the the best, to be the, yeah, the, the dominator. Going, especially if you're playing like a pretty particularly competitive game, like an FPS or something like that. Or And the, the other thing is that uh, when you put that much time and effort into something and you get beaten or you feel threatened, it becomes personal versus remembering that this is a game and not a life and death situation. Yeah. So in which, where do you, you can't convince a person who's under that much emotional strain and that, you know, invested in this life experience that they are having, that it's, it's not to, you know, it's not to be taken as seriously. Yeah, because gaming it is, is it's life. Like their whole life, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the same thing. Like my Mark was telling me earlier that he, because I was telling him about the topic, you can have Smash Nights where all the kids are super nice, but the minute you turn it into melee, they're like animals. Yeah, they're just 
rotten, terrible animals. And it's because they need to be in nothing. If if anything in their life, they need to be the best at something. So when that's challenged, they all become horrible, negative, terrible people. So speaking of games, I'm going to fight this glint hawk while we talk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I have a whole lot to add to that. I mean, Gamergate was really fucking terrible. And I don't know that it's something that couldn't happen again at this point, unfortunately. Like, I don't see anything that really changed necessarily in the industry. Granted, I'm not as familiar with the gaming industry as you guys are. But uh, I mean, the, I, my feelings and my impression is that the gaming industry is still just overwhelmingly marketed and skewed towards males. And I don't know, Christy, you were going to say something. No, I, I would agree that it is, it's still strongly marketed, but it's, it's a slow battle. It's not going to be something that happens overnight because of the intensity in which the community, Mm -hmm. you know, functions, but it's definitely changing. They're trying to get more women into gaming. Well, I think part of it too, is that games are becoming so diversified and democratized right now. Like, same as tv right now like it's just becoming so splintered that there's stuff out there for everybody right like the there might be like the really big like high budget games are still probably 70 80 percent marketed towards males primarily because they're like shoot 'em ups and uh that sort of thing but you're getting a lot more that are not not necessarily marketed at women just but just you know not necessarily developed for any a particular gender or a particular age group or something like that yeah, I'd agree with you there. So I don't know. I think that I think there's definitely a lot of potential for um, it to improve. And I think that you know, I think that in a big way, you know, the hashtag Me Too stuff is opening up a lot of people's eyes to the negativity in every industry, not just film and television, but in in a lot of in, in every po- like possible area. And I think that that will make a change to gaming at some point as well. Like it has to, there has to be a breaking point and women have a voice now, at least in North America and we're, we're starting to use it more. So who knows? Like a lot of the best storytellers are, are women. There's a really funny, I think it's Patton Oswalt joke. It might not, I'm trying to remember. It might not have been him where they say men are always the directors but it's the women who are the editors because they can come and, you know, see this guy's 14 hour film. And he's like, everything here is important. This is my masterpiece. And they're like, okay, sweetie, why don't you go home? Take a nap. I've got it. <laughs> and they'll come and cut out all the stuff that's unnecessary. So it's kind of like, you know, that we're getting to a point where it's not going to be about sexism or about a, a gender, hopefully. I don't think it'll be totally eradicated in our lifetime or our kids' lifetime, but I think that we're moving in a very, very fast pace compared to other timelines for things in our our history. Fair enough. So, Mark, you've been pretty pretty so, quiet on this yeah. one. Do you have anything to add to Gamergate and the toxic gaming community? I don't really even know where to start with it <laughs> most of the time because I'm just like, I don't know. I think we've talked about it before on numerous occasions where it's like all these pastimes were like, would had been at one point kind of like that very male dominated kind of like thing i remember growing up you wouldn't ever find a girl who was interested in or like would admit to be interested in video video games or anything like that we're into like that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff like the comic book side of stuff 
So like seeing people who are interested now and then people being shitty about girls being involved, I'm like, I'd much rather have them involved than not have them around because yeah. like they used they used to not want to hang out with anybody <laughs> who's into this kind of stuff. So like, I don't know. It's just it's weird to me that you you would be that bent out of shape about like a video game especially so i mean these are like fucking basement dwellers that want you know wives and girlfriends that'll make them a sandwich and give them a blowjob while they're playing call of duty or whatever right i guess yeah like like, if that's your thing like house clean while they just do whatever the fuck they want yeah i uh i just don't i don't understand any of it so i'm just kind of like and i'm not even like like a huge gamer i guess i mean though i buy everything like but i play single player stuff i'm not online i don't i don't care rarely go online yeah and like i don't care who writes the stuff as long as the story's good kind of thing so like i it that's not something that i pay a a super close attention to like yeah i'm at the at this point like i'm where like if i were going to play online games it would only be because like i was playing them with friends like i don't want to go on to just like a random server and play with some fucking like twitchy 12 year olds or whatever that are gonna talk about how they want to rape my mother kind of thing yeah Yeah. why would you subject yourself to that exactly well that's just i mean that's just like i feel like like for the most part it's just internet culture at large you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like like the the gif i sent you guys earlier like the the whole like um fictional character like from jane yeah, like from Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back, we're like holding, like trying to explain to Jane Silent Bob, like what the internet is, because he's just like, like what the fuck's the internet? And he's like, the internet's communication tool that people like that gave a voice to everybody, so that people would come together and bitch about movies. Yeah. And I'm like, it's <laughs> actually pretty accurate. So, <laughs> yep. And that's a 15 year old movie or something like that at this point. Yeah, yeah, that movie came out like 2001 or some bullshit. So yeah, it's uh, accurate yeah, though. It's pretty accurate. So. Movie slash game slash whatever it is that people like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, I like I have an opinion, but it's mostly just like wipe them all out and fucking start from scratch, yeah. I guess. Like I'm just kind of at that point where like I don't want to deal with it anymore. I'm just like, everybody just shut up. And, Take like, off and nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be safe. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which like, I mean, yeah, you could talk about how like this all boils down to like identity politics and all this other kind of stuff. But it's like. I don't know. Everybody's got a voice now and everybody's voice is just like, I'm going to say the most horrible shit ever. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's, that's why I like our podcast. We're a lot more measured in our opinions here. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, yeah. I feel like this is the sort of conversation that geek culture needs more than just like, you're a dick. Fuck yeah. you and your entire family. But I think the problem is that it's systemic. Like they don't want to talk about it because it, it do we want to, do we really want to talk about how like, we're we're having the us versus them fight of all time, like <laughs> no, no, no. This states right now, like that's it's it all boils down to the same thing, right? Like it's all that, like you can have that big talk about American politics right now too. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah, right. But but this so, is what I, I think... do to avoid that conversation. So <laughs> exactly, but like this conversation leads directly into that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You want to talk talk about toxic fandom, like that whole right wing versus left wing thing that's going on down there, like that massive like stratification of the two sides yeah. is just exactly the same argument it's exactly the same conversation to have where it's just like it's our team versus your team yeah and like you know what i mean and it's just i don't know like that's the worst possible example of it like the most horrifying way things could go but it that's what's happening that's reality so yeah yeah hey they're gonna vote a pedophile into like fucking Fuck. senate so <laughs> so ridiculous yeah it's 
it's craziness right now. So all right, well, let's not talk about that because I'll <laughs> the rest of the podcast will just be me openly weeping. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Told you to move back to Canada, buddy. Yeah. Mark, what was your uh, what's your first example of toxic fandom? Um, I've been engrossed in the Star Trek fandom, not so much that I'm a participant, but more in that I'm a lurker. I like to read the conversations that people are having about it, and more. I tend to kind of skew into more like theoretical in-universe stuff than like actually talking about production and stuff. But there was just an obscene amount of like negativity surrounding the launch of uh, Star Trek Discovery mm. that mm. ended up veering both into like sexism and racism and all kinds of like these people don't understand what Star Trek is about, even though we're upset that the main character is a black woman. Yeah. And I'm like, there's already been a female lead and a black lead, and now there's just both, and you're angry. I don't understand what. And I think it, what really bothers me about it is that it's Star Trek, which from its beginnings has always been about diversity and inclusion, and yeah, and like like the credo of the thing is like that Vulcan credo, like the infinite diversity and infinite combinations. Like that's what Star Trek is about, right? Yeah. But like the fandom is just like, yeah, we don't like it because it's not our Star Trek. And I'm like, yeah, but your Star Trek was a product of the sixties and the eighties. So like, yeah, things are different now. You know what I mean? It's not Kurt going around fucking green bitches, which like, even that's what what I'm here for. He didn't really like do in like the way people talk about it. Like it's like, they played it more at the end thing. Yeah, exactly. So it was always like, I don't know. So like I, I following that was just like very disheartening to me. Cause that's like the one fandom I always thought would be like, no, this is all cool. Like I'm not, we're not going to have that conversation. We're not going to have a conversation about, we don't like the show because the lead is a black female. I'm like, well, and there's also a gay dude and there's, and the, the gay, gay thing that came in after the fact also like yeah. caused a big stir. And I'm just like, yeah. why it's star Trek. Like these people are all star Trek birth. One of the biggest gay icons on the planet. You know what I mean? Like the only reason yeah. we have George Takei out there being George Takei is because he was on star Trek in the sixties. Like, yeah. And it was such a huge voice for like diversity and casting and stuff like that. Like they had the first black female on the bridge and like, the original pilot had a woman in command that like that kind of stuff. And the female lead to Voyager, regardless of what your opinion of Voyager is like, that's a huge step. And D space nine had a black male lead. Like he was the captain that everybody looked up to these people. And it's like, why are we now 20 years later having almost a regressive conversation about the lead of a star Trek series that is a black woman like that makes no sense to me whatsoever. it's stupid it doesn't make sense that's the problem it doesn't make sense yeah like, we live in a post-fact age folks yeah yeah well <laughs> so that was yeah. So, so that's like my like my big thing and like the star trek community has always been bitchy at best like the there was always kind of like an undercurrent of like like they're going to complain about everything like everybody complained about People complain about Deep Space Nine being too dark or Voyager, like not taking advantage of the situation that they were in, like telling a story that actually reflected what that situation would be like. And Enterprise was just like, whatever. And like everybody's always bitched about stuff, but it never became this like, it never drew in the identity politics side of the the argument. Like it never became like, oh, we don't like it because there's a black lead or something like that. I'm like, what? No. What the fuck? Like that's not. Well, this is. Yeah, that's not the Star Trek fandom that I would have thought. You know what I mean? So was that yeah. there? So yeah, I mean, this is also. I mean, Enterprise was an internet era series, but all the other series sort of 
had the majority of their time really pre-internet. So, I mean, there wasn't really an internet for people to be pissed off about, like, about Cisco, like, and that sort of thing. There was, like, fan magazines, but those were, you know, edited and and written by reasonable fucking people, not Joe Asshole on on his parents. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, like the by the end of like the the TNG era stuff, like the internet was around. So like by the end of Deep Space Nine and especially Voyager, around like, but not really like it wasn't the, as not really the center of like media and and yeah. conversation as it is now. Yeah, it wasn't as pervasive as it is now for sure. Like absolutely. So like I I see what you're, I see what you're saying, but it like it was still there. And I just like I remember going on those like Usenet forums and stuff like that, and it not being like people were complaining about like stories and shit, but they weren't being like, mm-hmm. I'm not watching this because the lead's black, and I was like. Okay, so yeah. now when that stuff yeah. comes up, I'm like, where the fuck were you people hiding in the fan base? Like, this has always been this weird... Just coming out of the woodwork now, yeah. yeah. And it's because they have people around them now with the internet to voice this and make it something that is, like, a viable thought. Yeah, to reinforce them and think, oh, yeah, this is okay to think, because other people do. Yeah. No, not really. And that's that's one of the major issues we're having, too, is because... Before, this was, you know, you had to be quiet. You had to be quiet about the things that people said. And, like, if you didn't, if you were racist, there weren't a ton of other people who felt, you know, safe saying that around each other. You had trouble connecting to those people kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So now there's no, there's no issue with finding people who share your opinions. Like, look at the flat earthers. They exist. (laughs) It's the same thing with... This, you know, toxicity of not just Star Trek, but, you know, the the, in, the systemic racism. It's that you have a place, to, uh, an area to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, I've been I've been a Star Trek fan since I was like nine or ten years old kind of thing. And, and this but this is I've never really got too heavily involved in the fandom, um, partially because like there was definitely a big stigma with like being a Trekkie or whatever yeah. when we were kids kind of thing. And like, uh, I mean, I, I, it's not like I wouldn't tell people I was into it, but like I never, it wasn't cool. I didn't like subscribe to the magazine. Yeah. I didn't like subscribe to the magazines. I wasn't like, you know, fan club member or when the internet came around, I wasn't like, you know, lurking on like websites kind of thing. So, I mean, honestly, I can imagine that if the internet had existed when D Space Nine came out, there would have been a huge uproar over having a black Cisco, yeah, cap, yeah, black captain. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, I mean, I agree, but I mean, it just I would expect the fan, like in particular, the fan base, to not be that way. Like that's my I think my overarching kind of argument here is like, yeah, for a show that like just preaches inclusion and diversity, like where is this fan base coming from? Like what what do these people see in this fucking franchise that they want to be involved with? I'm like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like yeah. the math it doesn't compute or I'm like I don't get why you would be even into this show if you're if you're a giant bigot. Like the show's always had a multiracial cast. So what's the what's the draw to you? You know what I mean? Like what? I don't know. It's very strange. It just strikes me as very weird. So Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. I don't know. I think it's that having con- feeling like you have some control over the thing you love. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, I guess yeah, but like you never really have control over something like a franchise like that. You like, don't. Yeah, you don't own these characters. I mean, a lot of people do feel like they have some ownership of characters that they, you know, really identify with. But you're one of millions and millions of fans. Like ultimately, yeah. the writers aren't writing for you. No, not at all. And that's, I think, but that's what people kind of get this 
skewed version of reality where they think, well, yeah, no, this this is mine because I love it. It is mm-hmm. it is mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just disappointing to me, like, especially like, and, and that I mean, like the fan base has always had that, like the whole Star Trek versus Star Wars thing, which like when even after we talked about it in our chat, I went online and there was a story about something on io9 this week that mm-hmm. somebody posted another video. And I'm like, Jesus, that video. Christ, yeah, I like, saw that, too. I, I don't understand why people like even compare the two franchise. I mean, they both have star in the name, I guess, is like mm-hmm. really the only thing they have in common. But they came out like sort not. not exactly around the same time but somewhat around the same time so like there are generations year gap between the two though you know what i mean like, yeah but i mean there's 60s yeah. and it wasn't until like the late 70s when you started getting star wars stuff so yeah but i mean they're they're similar generations that are yeah. like you know that was their thing right like are you a star wars fan or are you a star trek fan not that I understand it. I mean, I I love both. I don't know if I could pick a favorite between the two. I could definitely like. I'm I am a much bigger Star Trek fan than I am a Star Wars fan. But like, I'm never going to begrudge somebody like Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, it's not because I still go see those movies. Like, I'm super excited for uh, the Last Jedi and stuff like that. But yeah, it's never just been like weeks, my world. So, two weeks yeah, exactly. from today, I will have seen Last Jedi. Yeah. But even that, like that stuff came up like when the movies got rebooted because J.J. Abrams was like, oh, I don't I'm not a big Star Trek guy. And a lot of people would argue like a lot of Star Trek fans argue that, like, yeah, we could tell because you made a Star Wars movie. Like that's what those movies felt like more than they felt like <laughs> classic Trek. But I'm also at the same time like, yeah, but they weren't going to make any classic Trek movies anymore. Like that style of storytelling was not was kind of passe at that point. So, yeah, or or it could be done on a TV show. You know, yeah, you, could exactly. do, you could do a Trek movie on a TV show budget now kind of thing. So why wouldn't you just make it into a TV show or a miniseries? Exactly. Instead, which I'm why I'm, I'm kind of happy. Like discoveries like on TV and like we can do stuff over there and I don't have to worry about the movie stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. So. But for being TV, it's really cinematic. Like it oh, really like it feels spending a lot of money on that show. My yeah. friend. Like, but I mean, visually, really visually it's a lot more like the Abram stuff than it is yeah. like, you know, the previous couple of TV shows. And then there's arguments to be made that the storytelling's not like either of those franchises at this point, and it's more like mm-hmm. Battlestar Galactica. So, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's Star Trek can be many things to many people, but it's it, it the fact that like the, the fan base was is has been so shitty is always kind of like baffling to me because it's such yeah. like a positive message franchise. Well, out of all the fandoms out there, though, like I feel like Star Trek has a lot of has had a, a good reputation for a very long time as well in terms of being a pretty inclusive fandom. Like, because it was one of those early ones, like it was one of those ones where, you know, people could could feel at home being weird kind of thing or, or yeah. going out and dressing as a Starfleet or a Klingon or something like that when it wasn't like nowhere near socially acceptable to do yeah. so kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But then they'd find other people who loved them and then they felt secure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 not spend this whole episode just <laughs> banging on fandoms because there's definitely all of these fandoms we're talking about. There are definitely good sides to them as well. Oh yeah. But all right. Any anything more to add on Star Trek, Mark? No, not not offhand. All right. Well, I'll move into uh, my main one then, which is uh, probably not going to surprise anybody. But DC versus Marvel, I'm just so fucking over. Like, this is a rivalry. Granted, this is one where the companies actually did become involved uh, at some point. Like, the creators and stuff would, like, take jabs at each other kind of thing. But it was just... I, I don't feel like it was ever, like... It, the th- problem is, is that 
those jabs were then like embraced by the fans, whereas the jabs themselves may have been made sort of like in jest or tongue in cheek or something like that. So, I mean, going back, the I'll go do a really brief history of this rivalry. Mar- DC came well before Marvel. Uh, DC came in like the late 30s and Marvel came like in the late 50 or uh, early 60s, I think. There's a version of Marvel that was publishing in the late 30s, too, because Captain America was invented in the 30s. Oh, yeah. Um, like, yeah, like timely comics and stuff like that. So, like, yeah. it did exist in a certain form yeah. before that. It's just that, like, with the Marvel we know. The Stan today, Lee Marvel. The Stan Lee Marvel very much came about when Stan Lee took over. And I think at the time it was either Timely or Atlas and changed Atlas to Marvel and Marvel became. I think it was Atlas. Yeah. But yeah, so but it was basically. And then it was Atlas. Yeah. And in, the 50s, in the 50s, it was Atlas. Um, yeah. But essentially. At the start, Marvel slash Atlas couldn't basically take shots at DC because DC was basically letting them use, letting Marvel, the proto Marvel, use their distribution. Yeah. And so you're not going to fucking like shit where you sleep kind of thing or shit where you eat. You probably don't want to shit where you sleep either. Yeah, well, neither, really. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could, but you got to put a tarp down first. It's a whole scenario. <laughs> you probably got to pay somebody. I'm first of all. I'm reminded of the, the isn't there a whole It's Always Sunny episode uh, called Who Shit the Bed? I don't know because I've never <laughs> actually watched all of it. So Oh, you should. Yeah, we're, uh, it's on my art drive. I got to sit down and watch. I just haven't. Spoiler alert. It was Frank because, of course, it was Frank. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but then I guess later on, like sort of in the 60s, when the Mar- when Marvel started like really exploding, they started like taking shots at DC and the other like bigger companies that were out there saying like that they were sort of trying to change their styles to because Marvel was having a lot of success. So they were saying like, oh, these guys are just trying to change to be like us now kind of thing. And maybe they were to an extent, but, you know, they're taking those shots is then going to sort of start to generate that divide and then it would go back and forth like there were you know periods where marvel was doing better than dc mm-hmm. periods where dc was doing better than marvel and you know the and that's where big, you could make an argument that both were doing better than the other depending on what kind of venture you're yeah. looking at too. exactly yeah yeah i mean both have their own strengths both do different things differently and and there they, there would be like even i think like in the late 80s and early 90s i would say it sort of reached a peak in sort of the the actual like comics because there were actually like comics that were totally taking shots at others. Like there would, yeah. they would put it like a special that was clearly just like a fucking lampoon of the other side's comics or something like that, or a particular set of characters or something like that. But I don't know. There's a lot here that I don't really need to go into as be here all night. But I mean, at this point it's just, there's so much of this divisiveness in uh, this is what the one fandom that i am the most sort of in tune with is comic book fandom um because like i'm part of a few facebook communities and stuff like that and i read a fair number of articles on this mostly just because i want to be kept up to date on like what's happening like creators are switching from this book to this book or this company to this company or you know this writer is taking over on this book kind of thing but then you also get subjected to all the bullshit as well along with that and like 90 percent of the bullshit that i see in comic book communities and stuff like that are who do you think is better DC or Marvel or DC is doing things so much better than Marvel these days, or Marvel is doing movies so much better than DC these days. And it's just very much, it's very destructive. I find like what it comes down to for me is that I don't understand the need to elevate one thing by way of tearing down another thing. Mm -hmm. Like 
it should just come down to and appreciate things, appreciating things based on their own merits yes. or criticizing things based on their own merits rather than saying this comic or this movie or this TV show did things so much better than this one. Because half the time it's an apples to oranges comparison anyways. It's and like so they're the two things weren't even meant to be accomplishing the same thing. Rivals. Yeah, exactly. They, they weren't necessarily, you know, you could maybe make an argument that like, an Avengers and a Justice League movie are are directly competing, but even those like fill very different niches in the market. Like the the character sets are very different; they need to be treated pretty differently. And so, like even trying to compare those two just is not going to work. You're not going to get the same thing out of a Justice League movie as you would at an Avengers movie. I don't know. No, it's true, and it's unfortunate because like these weren't ever supposed to be like they were competing, sure, but like it wasn't in the same kind of like it, intense hate that um, is harbored by so many of the fans. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, as many cool things have come about because of the more recent, like the MC mo- movies and the DC TV shows and stuff like that, I feel like it's widened the gap in a lot of ways because now people that haven't even read the comics are still, you know, are starting to identify themselves as like a Marvel person or a DC person. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Like, I, f- I follow pages on Facebook for both the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, their fan-run pages, uh, and yeah. the DC Extended Universe. And, like, so many of those comments uh, and posts are just, you know, memes of one company beating the shit out of the other sort of thing. And it's just... Um, I'm also part of uh, the uh, biggest comic book group or community on Facebook, which is co- just straight up called Comic Book Collecting. It's got like 140,000 members or something like that. Oh, wow. And so much of, yeah, there's so many people in there that, that are just participating in these posts which, that are just not productive at all. That at some point, it was actually just yesterday that one of the moderators uh, just said like, look guys, I'm putting a fucking moratorium on these posts. We're not going to approve any more of them because they're just not doing anything. It's, let's see said this kills too many posts stop jumping in on dc posts and arguing that marvel does it better stop jumping in on marvel posts and arguing dc does it better uh better yeah yeah but yeah it's just it, you can be passionate about something without having to be passionate about beating the shit yeah. out of something that a lot of other people enjoy at the same time yeah like just full-on hating something else just because it's different from yours yeah exactly i mean both dc and marvel have a huge stable of really amazing characters they've got characters with a wide range of tones that can be written in a very wide range of ways Mm -hmm. and they all both companies have their strengths and weaknesses and i think both companies are at their best when they're playing to their own strengths rather than trying to win fans from the other side or trying to ape the style or tone of the other kind of thing like I don't want a Justice Society of America book that's written like X-Men or I don't want Batman book that's written like Spider-Man or something like that. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Just write the characters the way that they work. Yeah, it's not the point. Yeah. But in my other my end of this sort of rant is that I feel like maybe this is just because I'm the most exposed to it, but I feel like that entertainment media in particular is nurturing and feeding a lot of this because these shows and movies are doing big business now mm-hmm. that they're they're feeding off this and feeding back into this so they're feeding toxic fandom with like constant tra- streams of like versus articles and like 18 reasons why this movie that you loved actually sucks total balls 
or like totally fucking arbitrary like rankings of movies and shit like that. I mean, we're we're guilty of that to an extent, but we always go into it saying like these are personal preferences. We're not trying to say like this is a definitive way of do of, of ranking these movies kind of thing. Yeah, it's true. Like comic book resources in particular, I I'm I'm really close to unfollowing even though I do get a lot of like my news and stuff from there, but it's just so many of their articles now are just like this movie or, or you know justice league was shitty these are all the reasons why and like the fans are catching on like so they're starting to be like guys like i i didn't even like justice league that much but you guys seem to really be playing into this really hard like you've had like six articles today saying why this you hated this movie that is doing fucking massive box office business or whatever yeah it's actually it's pretty funny because like comic book resources in particular like my friend blake used to write for them like oh uh, yeah the girl that I, yeah and she stopped writing for them and recently went on like a giant Twitter Twitter rant about how comic book resources has become the buzzfeed of like like that kind of entertainment news. Because mm-hmm. it's just listicles and bullshit now. Like Yeah. She has no association with them anymore. Like she doesn't write for them anymore. But like she used to write and they would do like actual interviews and all this other stuff. And you don't see any of that content that like if you go back five years, comic book resources was like, we have an in-depth conversation with the fucking penciler on daredevil why because it's comic book yeah exactly like i don't know of any of any outlets that are really doing that anymore that are really yeah. going in like you know these these uh websites that claim to be like comic book news and shit like that are talking spending 90 95 of their time talking about tv shows and movies and like five percent yeah. of the time talking about actual fucking comic books and artists and writers and yeah. shit like that and that's part of the reason i feel like why comic the comic industry is struggling in it right now even though the characters themselves are doing massive fucking business. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. True. I, like, I totally agree with you. Like it's been such a weird shift and it, and it but it gets them clicks. Like I understand yeah. like from a, like a marketing kind of like money standpoint, why you would go that way. Cause like the movies are big business and the books really aren't anymore. Like mm-hmm. you said there's 140,000 people subscribed to a, like that, the biggest comic book collecting group on Facebook. On Facebook yeah. Like where there's such millions a- of people probably following like the, the, marvel cinematic universe pages exactly or like yeah. the fact that there's and i'm not even, i don't even belong to that group so like that's tells you how niche this whole thing is but like mm-hmm. the actual collecting of like month to month comics has become so mm-hmm. like 140,000 people is like nobody like yeah i mean yeah large scale even in like if it's, even if it's just north america that's i can't yeah. do the math i don't know what the math is on that like <laughs> 0.05% or something like that of the population maybe? yeah i don't know so yeah. And, but yeah, I mean, and even a lot of that community isn't even like talking about collecting talking about stories and stuff like that. A lot of that is just like, Hey, look at this slabbed book that I picked up on eBay. And I'm like, great. You're never going to read that. I don't really care. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's, yeah, I did. I did the math point zero 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 three five percent of the population of North America. Cause if it's about 400 million people yeah, and 140,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas probably like. I would say at least five or ten percent of the U.S. population, somewhere in that neighborhood, has probably seen like a, a couple comic, of the Marvel movies, yeah, a couple yeah. of the Marvel or DC movies or something like yeah. that. So, yep, yeah. I mean, it's it's just really frustrating for me because I, I mean, I'm. It's no fucking secret that I am a you know primarily a DC fan, not, but I don't have anything against Marvel. I love Marvel stories. I think Marvel's been doing a great job with their movies. There have on the few occasions where I have sat down and read like Marvel comics, I've usually enjoyed them. And I've always said that if I had the time and money, I would read 
a lot more Marvel comics than I do now, but I, I just don't. And so it's just so frustrating. Like for me, I'm so excited that we're living in a time where we can have, or not necessarily we can have these kinds of conversations, but where we have this much DC and Marvel output and comic book output in general to enjoy and celebrate. And it's, I mean, yeah, like to the point where like, budget I can't kind of watch thing. everything that's out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, just, I don't have time to watch all these fucking shows that are on or like go to see every, well, I kind of go see every movie, but like, like TV show and like book wise, like I, you can't keep up with the amount of stuff that comes out on a like yeah. dated, even daily basis. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, it's very much a, what's good for the goose is good for the gander kind of thing. Like the success of DC is going to help Marvel because just more people are going to be getting into comic books and stuff like that and vice versa. I mean, you know, we can, we can sit down and talk about, you know, individual stories or individual series or whatever, based on their merits without having to say like, this show is way better than this one kind of thing. I mean, you, you can say maybe, I, I mean, I guess you could say like the flash is doing this element way better than iron fist or something like that. Where it's, you know, you're actually comparing like a, a valid point to a valid point. You can't just say like, I hate this show. Flash is better. Mm-hmm. Which is 90% of what I see. And it's just like, that's not constructive. Just stop it. it. Not only is it not constructive, it's like, don't I just don't understand. People don't see that they're literally disparaging their own fandom. You know what I mean? Like exactly. I mean, you know, like Mark was saying earlier, like there was a time when nobody would admit to being, you know, a comic book fan or something like yeah. that. And now we're trying to fucking like pick sides and and shove wedges in between. And this goes for all the things we've been talking about, and shove wedges in between different factions of our subculture. And I mean, we're all nerds. We grew up in a time when being a nerd wasn't the coolest thing in the world, and we all know what it's like to be persecuted for liking the things that you like or, or shunned or whatever. So why would you participate in that with another group? Because it's not a thing that you're into. Yeah. Like what's, what's the point Yeah. when you reach that like level of nerd anyway, and you're just like, you're looking for a community, you're looking for people to enjoy it with. Why can't you just enjoy it? Exactly. And and it's one of those, you know, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all kind of things. You know, if you didn't like whatever movie or whatever TV show or whatever comic book, then just leave it alone. Let it yeah, fuck let off. it be there for the people that did enjoy it. And if it's not selling or if it didn't do well, then they're not going to make any more of it. That's on you. Live your fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my, my DC versus Marvel rant. I'm su- super over that rivalry. And I mean, a lot of other people like the, the, people that are making these movies and shit like that that are driving this rivalry are over it too like james gunn has come out and said like guys both companies are good they both have awesome characters they're both doing cool shit kevin feige said the same thing i'm pretty sure Zack snyder has as well so i don't understand why the fans now are taking it upon themselves to be like no these people are idiots it's not like they're making all this stuff tribalism man that's pretty much like what most of this boils down to is you got to pick a side like there's just human nature i think in some ways mm-hmm. like you i don't know it's fucked up but uh, yeah i don't know i don't like it uh tribalism and me don't get along anyways all right chris you had another didn't you? i did um i was going to talk about the issue with cosplay and the just the darkness that can come from trying to be a cosplayer who doesn't look identical mm-hmm. to the character you're trying to be yeah 
So apparently, and I was reading um, an article or two about this. There's one on the the establishment that's actually pretty interesting when I was researching the topic. And it's called, We Need to Talk About Racism and Sexism in the Cosplay Community. And again, this comes back to, I wonder if it's because, like we've been saying even with the Marvel and DC and Trek talk, these are all new things that people are being open to sharing about and now it's a pride thing because they feel like they have an actual I don't know like something that they they can they have a lot of knowledge about that they can talk about that they have confidence in and in having that confidence it makes them very possessive of their fandom mm-hmm. and in that possessiveness they they do feel like they have a bit of a say in how things should be portrayed that they become their own reviewers and I think with cosplay at conventions or anywhere really that it's found, there is a lot of intrinsic sexism and racism because as, as a cosplayer, you should be allowed to dress up as whatever character you identify with, not because of the color of their skin or their gender, but because of the characteristics that you identify with or because you like them simply because they are a really cool character that you um, look up to or feel a connection with. Like that's the whole point behind cosplay. And yet there's this backlash for the woman I was reading about. She goes by the alias Black Cat. And she went, I'm just trying to say, she went as uh, Disgust, like the, one of the Inside Out characters. And she went mm-hmm. with two other friends. And um, she heard a man walk by her who was like, it makes sense that she would be Disgust, the black one. Because Disgust is purple. And because he's racist and that's terrible. But Kayla was this other girl um, who's black um, or an Afro-Latina. And she dressed up. Oh, no, she did disgust. But she she dressed up also as what's uh, what's her name? Amber from Sucker Punch, who's the blonde lead, I think. And I never saw Sucker Punch. Yeah, I've I've seen enough posters and read enough to know about it. But a guy at her high school came up to her and was like, why the hell are you playing this character? You're not thin and you're not white. And she was just like, because I like the character. Yeah. And I think a lot of and there's also that idea that like when you are at when you're cosplaying, there's the idea that women do it because they want to be looked at not because they like the character, because of the nature of the costumes. But then it's like, men made these characters and wrote and drew these costumes because they wanted to sexualize women. Why can't we just dress up? Why does it always have to be a battle? Like, you created this. So, I don't know. And it, it's still like that dark territory where a lot of women will be commented on. And if they're in like scantily clad stuff, like Riku from Final Fantasy X, if they turn men away, they get, you know, really negative comments and guys are like, well, why would you dress that way if you don't want me to comment and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, well, there that's comes into the whole like cosplay is not consent thing, which I see a lot because I'm, I mean, I go to Dragon Con every year and I'm also yeah. part of the Dragon Con like Facebook communities. But yeah, there's also a lot of sexual harassment that goes on because people think like, Oh, you're dressed in cosplay. That must mean that you want me to grab your ass or that you want me to like put my arm around you to take a picture or whatever kind of thing. Or yeah, I'm allowed to do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's obviously problematic as well. And I mean, I don't know. It's, Wait, Mark, why are you sending us pictures of cats cosplaying? I was trying to look up the cosplayer that Christy was talking about. 
<laughs> and that <laughs> came up. It came up. Um, <laughs> and it just made me laugh. Hilarious. Um, and I didn't want to derail the conversation by actually talking about it, but I just was like, that's funny for some reason. Here, I'll send you the source that I found. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> that cosplay. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, there is there is a lot of a lot of cosplay shaming and stuff like that that yeah. goes on, and it is not not cool in the least. I mean, the thing is, there are some people that take cosplay like super seriously like they're the people that go to cons and do like all the contests and stuff like that and a lot of the time well i mean i would say it's divided some of them are like really accepting and are just like it's cool you know that i'm happy for anybody to do any cosplay kind of thing even if their skills aren't great even if their costume isn't great like you know you go do you kind of thing and then there are others that are just really elitist and they're like "Eh, the your costume looks like shit and you're not, your body type's not right for the character and you should probably pick a character that's taller or darker skinned or whatever kind of thing. And it's, but it is like that, that problem that, you know, it's, it's not about how you perceive the character. You're not the one dressing up. You're not, you're not the one putting yourself on the line and like being open and like, uh, appreciating your own damn fandom like that's not about you yeah and i mean the thing is too like so many of these characters have been envisioned in many many different ways like even officially like you look at i mean it would probably work more for like graphic arts characters like video game characters comic book characters that sort of thing but like there have been hundreds of different depictions of like batman or spider-man or whoever kind of thing and so how how can you look at any one take on that character and say or any one cosplay version of that character and say that one's not valid yeah like you did your own interpretation of it you did your own spin on it whatever it's it still works where do you get off thinking that that's at all like indicative of your choice yeah that that's that's gatekeeping like and that's that's another really bad part of fandom that I am not a fan of is like well I guess that that goes along with the gamergate stuff too is like the gatekeeping saying like you're a girl you're not a real gamer you just play like yeah pokemon on your phone or whatever you're not a real gamer unless you play like 8 hours of first person shooters online every day kind of thing Ugh. or yeah, like you know you, yeah exactly or you're not a real cosplayer unless you know you spent like 8 weeks putting that costume together kind of thing. Yeah, and the rest of the time of that 18 weeks you were in the gym making sure you look good in it and all that other stuff. So Yeah. 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 I I don't know. I don't really have like a, a super like opinion on this. I like looking at cosplay stuff. Like I, a lot of the stuff that I subscribe to, like Facebook and Instagram is just cosplayers because I find it interesting and sometimes I use it for photo reference and stuff like that because that's what it's good for too. And they are. They're super interesting. Like yeah. people go to incredible like lengths to have accuracy and to feel like they have you know done the character justice like it's it's a really cool community i've spent like a a fair amount of time around a a number of different cosplayers just because like fuck i'm involved in that community as much as like well especially back in the day when i was at con all the time like date a couple of them you're friends with them that kind of thing and like i've watched the way men behave towards like them in like at the Mm -hmm. conventions and i'm just like okay guys like this is why they don't want to come and like do these fucking shows anymore you know that's why you you lose people in the community because like why would you keep yourself why would you you subscribe yourself to this yeah Yeah. exactly right like 
I'm all like, I will see cosplay and be like, oh, that girl's hot. That's great. Like, I'm not going to walk up to her and yeah, grab her ass. Fine. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Or cat collar or whatever. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not cat calling somebody. Like, the worst you might get is me looking a little bit too long because whatever. Like, that's <laughs> about as bad as I get, I think. I hope anyway. You're just admiring the costume. Yeah. But, but that's part of it is that, you know, you don't, you don't get dressed up to not be looked at you don't get straight but you don't get dressed up to be sexually harassed no. yeah. you get dressed up because it makes you feel good and because part of it is you do want people like uh, personally when i get really Luck like and appreciate pretty, and yeah. i would like people to appreciate that i put in time to look nice and that i look nice and it makes me feel good when i get complimented in a you know in a way that's not creepy yeah yeah in a way <laughs> in a way that that salsa dancer dude did not do Ugh. Like, don't tell me I shouldn't be wearing a shirt, you old creep. Also, I don't feel like that would be like just practical for dancing. You have like titties oh, everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah exactly. all like, over the place, out of hitting control. people in the face and shit. And there's just nothing good about it. <laughs> Except there's a whole industry based on women dancing naked. So yeah, but they dance slow. It's not like they're doing the salsa. Salsa dance. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I now want to make that uh, strip club where all the women are doing salsa dancing. <laughs> uh, it won't last very long because we'll all throw our head, like we'll all poke ourselves in the eye. And- yeah. <laughs> Everybody will just have black eyes all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, co- cosplay community is does have a very toxic side to it for sure. And it's it's really unfortunate because it is something that I feel like probably a lot of people have been discouraged from cosplay because like, They think, oh, I'm not going to be able to do as good as so-and-so kind of thing. Who's like a professional or like, you know, has a, like, I've got a friend who does a really good Thranduil cosplay from uh, the Hobbit movies. And, but he's got like a fucking degree in costume design. So of course all his his cosplays are going to be like on fucking point. Like, and like, but he's very accepting of other people that do cosplay, uh, you know, whatever, as much time as you have to put into it kind of thing. They don't, you know, I, and there, there's also a big uh, gatekeeping thing with cosplay uh, in terms of people that make their own costumes versus buying their own costumes. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of people that think like, you're not really a cosplayer or you shouldn't like be going to like these big photo shoots or whatever, unless you actually made the costume yourself, but not everybody has those skills, right? Or the time. Like, yeah, exactly. So that's one thing for me. Like I, I don't just don't have the skills to make a fucking amazing costume kind of thing, but I do still cosplaying is something that i've dabbled in bits and pieces most of it is just like i've worn like really sort of cheesy or easy to put together costumes or like something alicia's already made kind of thing but it's the sort of thing that like if i had more money yeah sure i'd probably want to have like a really cool i don't know i can't can't even think off the top of my head but you know a really cool like dc comics character costume or something like that that is a one of my favorite characters that doesn't get cosplayed very much or doesn't get a lot of love kind of thing and but you know, then there's the fear of being having people being like, "Oh, did you make that? How'd you make it?" It's like uh, I just commissioned something to make, it. and then them being like, "Oh, yeah. okay, yeah." It's a You're weird, like, it, it's a weird scene. Like that whole thing is very strange. I like one of my friends does the. Um, she actually like she has the same kind of like background where it's like she went and did costume design like in school, and then also mm-hmm. does the cosplay stuff. She chairs a a session at Fan Expo every year that is like how to get into making your own costumes and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, well, it's very nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just like a weird thing. I'm not sure. 
I think that's pretty much been my main takeaway from like this whole conversation. That's pretty much what the I've said. Cosplays the, no, just like the way every the way people deal with stuff, like it makes no sense to me. So I'm just kind of like, I don't know. This is just weird to me. So <laughs> like we don't want right. we don't want people cosplaying because whatever. Or like we don't you know want girls around. Dilutes, playing video games yeah, with dilutes us. Are what we do or whatever. Yeah, like it doesn't make no, any it fucking doesn't. If anything. It makes your amazing shit look better by comparison. So uh, fuck off. It's uh, true. I don't know. So. I don't know. I, I think that it's, it's again, it goes back to that idea of ownership. You don't get to own a character and you should just chill if someone doesn't look identical to what you perceive that character to be because it's not about how they look. It's about their, their intention. Yeah. So like, sure. chill the fuck out. All right. I feel like that's fair. Uh, and a and a good place maybe to leave that one. Mark, did you yep. have you have one more you want to talk about? Uh, I think we're getting a little long in the tooth. Why don't we? Uh, yeah. Okay. Skip it. All right. Well, I, the one last thing that I wanted to say, uh, wanted to maybe touch on before we leave is: is there anything that you think in general that we can do as a community ourselves and our our listeners and the geek community at large to combat toxic fandom? I have a few things, but I want to see if you guys have any ideas first. I think it's, you know, uh, admitting that there's some kind of issue and that it's not fixed and that there's work to be done in order to make it a safer community. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, go back to the old, like the the old Will Wheaton thing. It's like, just don't be dicks, guys. Don't be a dick. Yeah. Yeah, Like, just don't (laughs) be a dick. Like, why be a dick? I mean, I, I totally guilty occasionally of coming out and like bashing something just because like i didn't like it so i am part of the problem yeah. in some ways but like and i think we I probably know. all have at some point as well you know no uh, nobody's perfect kind of thing we're not trying to say that we've never done anything like this but yeah no. but i'm also not online you know what i mean like i'm not a poster who's online like just like whatever freaking out because what something upset me whatever so or posting the same shitty comment on every single article yeah, about yeah, a topic exactly. or something like that or like, yeah. i just don't have i just have too much other shit i want to do like i don't fucking have time yeah. for that kind of crap like yeah i got podcast i got a podcast edit every week <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not this week so we haven't had any uh, any major issues this week knock on wood don't fucking say that yeah. now you prick <laughs> but uh no i mean i i agree acknowledging that there is definitely an issue um i think calling it out if you see it even if you're not the person that it's necessarily directed at is you know a lot of people do like criticize call out culture or whatever but i think that that is a good way to change it you know if you see somebody being a dick then fucking call them on it because maybe they didn't even realize they were being a dick or maybe just the shame of having been called out will make them think twice about doing it again whether that's like online in a comment section or something like that i've definitely got embroiled in like bullshit Oh yeah, that arguments kind of thing where I've been like, "Look, you're just being a fucking dick. Just let people enjoy things, and you go on your yeah. fucking merry way." And I think there's a good Penny Arcade, yeah, comic where he just like holds the he's like, he's like Haha, football, sports. I like sport, blah, blah blah. And then he just like grabs the guy's lips. And he's like, "Shh, let people, let people enjoy things." Yeah, that is one of the things that I I tend to go off on is that I really don't get people that are sports fans. It's just not my thing, and and it is one thing that I I do have a habit of being critical of. But yeah, I know here. there are a lot of people that that really enjoy it, and I so I try to not be too like unless they're being super fucking obnoxious about it and being like or like you know just posting every fucking hour or something about something. It's, I don't know. But even then, like 
I mean, as long as you're not being, you know, filled with toxicity. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Just, you know. You do you. You do you, bro. Yeah. And I think that that's another thing that it really comes down to and that can help to combat toxic fandom is is just you do you respect your res- enjoy what you enjoy, but respect the imp- opinions and interests of others. I think there has to be a line drawn. You can criticize things, but it has to be constructive criticism. You can't just say like, oh my God, this was a fucking pile of hot garbage. Like without saying like, these are the things that they probably could have done better. And this yeah. is why I didn't like this particular thing. And maybe that's just my personal taste. And that's the other thing too, is acknowledging that all of this shit is subjective and nobody's opinion is the be all and end all, which I feel like no. is, is a big problem with a lot of people where they're just like, I am the definitive voice on this subject and I say this is wrong, therefore wrong. Yeah. And then the other thing that I had is going back to my feeling that the media or entertainment media in particular is really feeding into this stuff right now is is just only trying to sort of patronize news outlets that are don't engender toxic fandom. So places that are a little more even handed that actually tend to you know, provide some analysis or some some actual content rather than just like like a fucking listicle or yeah. just something that's clearly meant to induce outrage kind of thing. Do you guys have any good examples of like nerdy news sites or places that you go to that are that are pretty good at not not feeding into that? I was gonna say IO9, but then they posted that stupid Star Trek versus Star Wars. Me too. Today I'm just like <laughs> fuck this. I would say io is pretty good. I would say like 95% of the time, their content shies away from that yeah. sort of thing. Um, I think, what about Kotaku? Well, Kotaku is owned by the They're same They're part of it. Right? Yeah, it's, oh, all, it's all Gizmodo. Yeah, it's all Gizmodo now. I think if you look at, and it, I guess it depends on how you treat it. Like if you go into Reddit looking at it as just like an aggregator and like just grab the articles that are being posted and not delve into the mm-hmm. fucking morass of shit that can be the comment sections <laughs> on most of the subreddit threads and stuff like that, you'll tend to find like news where it's just like this is just the headline and like here it is mm-hmm. kind of thing but yeah as soon as you go into the comments it turns into like a total fucking shit show so yeah the av club is another one for me that's usually pretty solid they get snarky sometimes get snarky, but yeah. but their snark is usually tempered like it's yeah. not necessarily like just there to well, it's not like, like pitchfork it's not clickbait yeah yeah like, it, like they, they might we hate everything like fuck all this yeah. shit <laughs> Yeah, like they might be snarky, but then in the article they'll actually like go a little bit more in depth and and actually provide some creative or constructive discussion kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that I because like I don't like I'm I just I'm such like a redditor now that I can't really think of anywhere else that I get information yeah. from. Like when I, but I mean, at this point, I would not recommend like comic book resources no. uh, in particular. They're just becoming clickbait shit. Like a lot of those communities that are just all about like one particular company or one particular like set of movies, those are almost always just hives of toxic fandom because it's just like, this is the only thing that I'm into and everything else is terrible kind of thing. Yeah, I don't, uh, I can't think of any place else that I like get my news from where I'm like, yeah, I feel like they do an even handed job of it because like (laughs) we were sifting through stuff to like talk about on the podcast every week i'm like io9 i still look at comic book resources even though i never end up pulling any stories from there yeah it's all fucking garbage yeah because it's mostly garbage and even like the old like movie sites like the dark horizons and like ain't it cool like even that shit's kind of become like yeah. ain't it cool was always kind of a cesspool but at least like the usually the articles would be yeah newsarama is the other one that's that's pretty good on content 
Yeah. Uh, like they, most of the stuff that they post is just like, this is what's going this on. Is, yeah. This is what's actually happening. It's not a lot of opinion and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But well, let's leave that up to our listeners then listeners. Tell us what you think about toxic fandom. Uh, if there's a particular incident of it that we missed that you'd like to highlight or a particular news site that you like to get your information from that is not a hive of scum and villainy. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter. Um, it's at DRD underscore podcast. You can email us on at uh, Gmail at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. You can get us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. If you are not already subscribed, you can do so on Shout Engine or Apple iTunes Music or Apple, Apple Music or um, Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. Uh, the Google Play Store or wherever else you get your podcast from for the most part. And with that, I think we shall take our leave. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. I've been Tim. I've been hosting this evening. Uh, say good night, Christy. Good night. Say good night, Mark. Everybody, go buy tickets to the Rio Statics at fucking Horseshoe next weekend because the fact that those shows are not sold out is a travesty. But <laughs> don't buy them too fast because I still got to decide what night I'm going to. So, yeah. <laughs> but go see the Rio Statics. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs> All right, and we will see you next time. DC rules, Marvel drools. Fuck off, fanboy. DC <laughs> fanboy. Fuck off. Don't do that. Yeah, don't. What do we just talk about? This is why we can't have nice things. God damn it, Tim. You broke it. Also, I just touched the bum of a cosplayer. Oh. Jesus Christ.